0: What's up, Sridhar? The ceiling is the roof. My name is Bobby (laughs) Corella. To my left in real life, but on the screen to my right, but on your left is Mike Marshall. Mike, what's up? Hey, Bobby. How's Sridhar? I don't know. I want to know. I haven't gotten a response. What's going on with him today? I don't know what's going on with Sridhar. I really want to know. So does M2, apparently. Streets Um, are
1: talking about your plain chips. I'm just going to let you know that. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I can't Uh, eat
0: chips in peace. Um... Thomas I, Thomas has already liked it. I want to make this clear, Mike. Everywhere I go, I got cameras on me. Yeah. Know? I'm one of those people. Uh huh. I'm one of those people. And yeah. so, you know, it whenever I come to work, I want it to be, you know, private. I wanna I wanna be able to just be myself, you know, just at, unwind at really, work you're saying. Yeah, really kick back and just, just, and just re- be me.
1: Really just get deep in your bag of plain chips.
0: And so when I'm here, what I what I think to be in Studio 41 presented by Chime, what I think is a safe space, I'm expecting Who to be able to... Who led you eat, to believe that? I'm expecting to be able to eat my chips in peace, whether they're plain or barbecue or any other type of flavor. I uh, know. No one's told you that's a thing. I'm expecting to be able to just have a good time and eat some chips, but... Not if they're regular chips. That is... <laughs> You won't let Psychopath me have peace. Psychopath activity. You won't let me have peace, man. I'm just trying to eat some chips in peace. And I mean, is that me the closest that. thing to butter? Is that why you're... It's... I think Jimmy John... Okay, look. Normally, I get barbecue chips. Today, I did not want barbecue chips. So, hmm. sorry. I went a different direction. And uh, just I a, plain, plain chips aren't for everybody. There's a select a few chip. of us that are into them. You're clearly not one of them. It's a plain baked chip. I don't know if they're baked. I think they're fried. Oh, jimmy johns whatever but
1: i don't know it's just a weird move that i haven't seen someone pull in a long time i'm just telling you that sridhar hasn't either <laughs> <Yeah. So. laughs>
0: dude as soon as i as soon as i eat one plain chip the entire map yeah. just malfunctions
1: exactly you People broke the matrix out
0: to like dude what's up yeah what's up with this guy you see this bobby guy these plain yeah. chips yeah someone calls sridhar uh so we're in the western conference finals mike Oh uh, crap we, you and do you, me do you jobber- believe it yet Huh? Do you believe it yet? I, I do believe, uh, Mavrello. I do believe um, Mavs made it through Utah. The last time you and I talked was like this morning, but the last time you and I talked uh-huh. on Mike was uh, prior to game one. Of Mavs Jazz. We took a look at that series, and mm-hmm. at that point, it was unclear like, is Luka going to be out for any games? Is he going to be out for one game? Is he going to be out for the whole series? Remember um, Calf Watch? Yeah, we were on Calf Watch, dude. Is the season mm-hmm. over? Like, can you imagine? Imagine telling our past selves that the Mavs are going to go 2 and 1 against the Jazz without Luka. They go on to win that series. Um, kind of won five games out of that six game series. Uh, they ended up losing one in Utah. And then despite going down 0-2 to Phoenix, they bounced back to win that series in seven games on the road by 33 points. Second most lopsided game seven win in NBA history uh, and the the largest since 1948. So we got to go way back in time. Um, The last few weeks have been pretty cool. So since you and I have last spoken, uh, you've been on a whole vacation. Yeah, I, that, I went to but, Hawaii uh, and back. I yeah, went to two but, different islands in Hawaii and back. But there's nice flex. Okay, I've mm-hmm. been toiling away mm-hmm. in the studio. Dude, it's constantly working. Chopper can barely yeah. keep me out of here. Uh, but from just your... Eating
1: plane plain chips and
0: water. <laughs> and, well, and soda, uh, <laughs> clearly. Uh, and other things, Chopper's too. so tired of you. After big wins, I'm drinking <laughs> other <laughs> things, too. Uh, He's just like, I'll in the, the season or get this plain chip <laughs> guy out of here. I'm busting out the apple juice after game seven. Um but Mike, from your from your vantage point, what's it been like watching this team do go, go from not winning a single series in eleven years to now four wins away from the finals? Yeah, it's
1: been pretty bizarre. Um just to be honest. It was team get out of the first round, <laughs> you know, escape Alcatraz, which is playing the Clippers every first round for the rest of our lives, and we got a matchup which we liked, which was phenomenal really would have loved to be the three seed of course you know win as many games as you can but didn't work out for us and then uh you know last meaningful game or you can debate whether it was meaningful or not of the season and we got to start calf watch whenever that happens and so you don't know how long Luke is going to be out can they win a game without him which I think this team has defied most expectations of what a team built around a superstar looks like so it didn't really surprise me that we did get a win in game two with Jalen Brunson emerging I mean I I don't want to say everything that we previewed in the Jazz series came true but I mean we kind of nailed
0: that one I told you I was terrified of Jordan Clarkson
1: man. yeah you did terrified of Jordan you did I said Jalen Brunson was gonna be the best player in the series said Gobert wasn't gonna have a great time uh and you know a lot of that stuff came true and Bogdan Bogdanovich was the guy that was (laughs) really going to give you fits. And a lot of that happened for spurts at a time, which is fun. Whenever you predict things about a series, you expect to go six or seven games because there's, everyone's going to have moments. Like that's the weird thing, right? Like, yeah, the Warriors probably aren't at their peak strength. You know, it's not a second or third album. Uh, We still got a lot to write about. They're just kind of brand extension at this point of, greatness, (laughs) greatness, <laughs> three-point shooting greatness. They're like the,
0: the She-Hulk stage of yeah. their uh, cinematic universe. Yeah,
1: it's like the uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, or whatever at this point. which can still be awesome, but it's just, you know, nothing's new to them. Uh, they're betting they can run their offense, which is constant movement. It's going to be a cardio <laughs> test uh, for seven games, and we can't hold up. So you find yourselves in the Western Conference Finals. Which I'm not gonna believe until I watch the ball go up tonight and someone scores a bucket, quite honestly. Just, there was so much anxiety about a game seven, and that, yeah, it was cool to get it to a game seven. Yeah, it was cool that we got past Utah. But honestly, if you don't, it all could have gotten erased in the matter of like one bad hour. One bad hour of your life, of this basketball team just not clicking. All these variables, all these different plays, passes, screens, rebounds, don't sync up in a way that's favorable for you in one hour and your season is gone and we're all talking about off-season movement and what are we going to do with this pick and things like that. It didn't happen to us. It happened to Phoenix. Where they're now doubting their, their construction
0: They had to put out a whole statement. Yeah, we forced the PR statement statement. out of them. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we we beat a PR statement out of them in Game 7, right? And And kind of like
0: what you were saying about how if they have one bad hour, then it's all down the tubes. Luca had one really, really good hour. And now, like, you and I, especially because we grew up during the Dirk days and we've been watching this thing for a really long time, we're used to being like not slept on and not like under the radar, not any of that corny stuff, but just straight up like Dirk did not get his appreciation really until he was 33 years old. You know, yeah. they, they won the finals. When you watch, you watch that
1: game seven and you're like, okay, what inferiority complex am I going to develop out of this game? Yeah,
0: there's nothing anymore. We have no excuses. Everyone yeah. in the world knows, everyone in the basketball universe knows and will readily admit that Luca is like. It's, now the conversation is like, Luca is the best player left in the playoffs, yeah. right? And he's about yeah. to go up against Steph Curry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what's at stake in a game seven, and that's why it's so great. But whenever you're, I guess, as close to it as we are, and it's, you know, your livelihood and uh, just to, you know, pull the curtain back the whole way money is made during the playoffs. Um you know, budgets for next year look different. Whenever you host playoff games, salaries um,
0: look a little different too. Like, yeah, maybe? Ex- exactly.
1: Maybe. Uh, not for you. Oh, um, no. actually taking money out of yours uh, and spreading but it I'm around. But more. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just I still don't. I had so much anxiety about Game Seven um, and just what was going to happen. How how were we going to manage to not beat this team that I thought we had played better than for you know, most of the minutes in the previous two to three games. And it just didn't happen. They just straight up ghosted us. <laughs> they did not show up to the date, and in the best way bizarre. possible.
0: It was very weird.
1: And so Luca scored as many as them in the first half, which I still can't believe happened. Um, it, was, it was one of those moments where I was really glad I was watching a basketball game by myself because I'm sure I was doing a lot of dorky stuff, every basket that was made, and just the anxiety level. So I'm still not like quite past it, and it's Wednesday, and that happens Sunday evening. Um, or is that afternoon? I can't even remember. But yeah, you're in the Western Conference Finals now, and you're playing a team that if somebody's going to give the Golden State Warriors at, I guess we can say full strength. Well, I'm going to say full health. If someone's going to give them the work, This is the team and this is the time to do it because if John Morant doesn't hurt his, you know, get a boo-boo on his knee and misses, uh, what, three, four, five, six, I don't know if they survive Memphis. I mean, you saw the 50-point differential that Memphis put on them for one of those games, game five. Like,
0: I don't know if Golden State gets past Memphis, quite honestly, if Jaw's there. Yeah, uh, the Warriors expunged game five from their mini movie yeah we, we watched that earlier today on twitch <laughs> they did not they just showed fedex for them, and then they showed the finals that's incredible that was it yeah that's incredible did not even show it. as they should yeah i uh, well, you know you can't you can't erase history man you don't want to be propaganda yeah right? we say or just show draymond dancing
1: know. on the court
0: yeah they should have at least shown that that yeah. was cool that's that was, like was pretty a funny thing uh speaking of draymond it's is awesome to to get to watch him in a series against my team yeah you know very uh Every, every series needs a good heel, and Draymond is happily uh, happily accepting that role th- really throughout his career, and I'm sure he's going to be happy to accept it in this one as well, but mm-hmm. um, two things to keep in mind about Draymond, that dude loves Luka, yeah. uh, and also he's got a very honest podcast, mm-hmm. and he heaped praise not just on Luka, but on Jalen, on Dorian Finney-Smith, on Reggie Bullock, you know, he is very well aware, even Maxie and Dwight he was talking about, like, he knows that the Mavs are good, and uh, he's got a lot of love for these guys, and so... You know, that, uh, take that for what you will. Of course, Draymond's not going to go on his podcast and flame the guys that they're about to play. Right. But he wasn't exactly talking up Memphis like that before the Grizzly series. So I think that says something mm-hmm. uh, because even though the Warriors are a little old and, you know, they're like Land Before Time, part 14 or 15 now, you know, they're like deep into the saga. Um, they are still. You mean like Jurassic World? I, I don't know, actually. I, oh, okay. I That's a normal seen... reference that someone might okay. get. Okay. Well, I'm I'm more familiar with, with the with the former than the latter, but um, hmm. you know, they're still those guys. They the big yeah. three, Steph Clay, Draymond, have lost one playoff series since twenty fourteen when they've been able to play like the whole time. That's and the crazy. one they lost, twenty sixteen finals against the Cavs and they blew a three one lead, mm-hmm. Draymond was suspended for one of the games they lost. Yeah. So if you think about it, you know, no one's beaten them four times. Now we talked about the Celtics like that. Remember, like very corny, like the KG, Ray Allen, mm-hmm. Paul Pierce, Rondo, Kendrick Perkins Celtics teams. Like, well, no one beat them whenever Perkins was healthy, and like all this stuff. Like, you can add all these caveats, but I mean, those guys were the kings of the conference from 2015 to 2019. Well, they took two years off, and they're they're ready to assert their dominance once again. And so the fact that they are on the cusp of getting back to the finals, but Draymond's still taking time out of his day to be like this Luca guy though. He really kicks ass. Like, that That says a lot to me. Yeah, and, you
1: know, someone's reign has to end at some point. You got to age out. You all collectively have to get to this point where I don't – you know, if, if the injuries don't happen to Clay, is he still at the peak of his powers, right? Is he still – even if he is whatever age he is, is he still that guy, right, top ten player in the league? Maybe. But that's a different history. That's a different timeline. The guy's – missed whatever it was was it like 900 days or something it was was a really long time ACL then Achilles right and so yeah Clay Thompson is still phenomenal basketball player is he you know the game-wrecking force that he was at one point I don't think so um he did have a really good game six but by old Clay standards that was nothing that was like (laughs) that wasn't a great game six by his old standards and Steph is now Steph has had the roughest season of his career quite
0: honestly First season ever under forty percent from three, and yeah. in the playoffs so far, thirty five point nine percent from yeah. three, which is also the lowest of his career. And yeah, to your that'd... point about Clay missing all that time, without Clay, Steph, who's now thirty three years old, mm-hmm. I think he just turned thirty. Oh, he's thirty four. He just turned thirty four. Mm-hmm. The last two years of his career, man, this year and last year, he's had to do more heavy lifting than he ever had to at any other point. Yeah. Uh, so usually, you know, it goes whenever you get older, you're supposed to do less. Well, Steph has had to do more the last couple of years, and I wonder if that's starting to maybe take a toll. However, new I think so. New heroes have emerged. You know, Jordan Poole has been awesome, and, and Andrew Wiggins right. you know, is a starter in the All-Star game, so they have two very good sidekicks now. But, I mean, that's, Steph's workload is going up along with his age, which is not how you want to see it do. You know, yeah,
1: but, I mean, you stack those guys up against Kevin Durant in his prime Iguodala. Uh, well, how
0: many All-Star games has Andre Iguodala started, Mike? Uh, probably Zero. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins started one, so there you uh, go. I'm just going to brush past that. Uh,
1: healthy Sean Livingston, that's one of the best six men in the league. It's a completely different Warriors team. It's weird It's weird because it feels like we're the same team since 2019. Outside of, you know, the rotating door at two guard, whatever you want to call it, two three. Uh, Richardson to Bullock from originally Curry, you know what I mean? Uh, Seth Curry they, the core is still the same. They were really smart. They locked those guys up when they could of Clay, stuff, Draymond. Um, I guess Iguodala is still there if you want to count that. But the dude doesn't play anymore. But they couldn't be more different, quite honestly, uh, in the fringes, in the things that, I, w- I guess I would say the areas in which I think teams like the Mavericks can have advantages in, they couldn't be more different than they used to be. Because... They're really, really young in positions that I think they'd much rather <laughs> if they knew they were making the Western Conference Finals this year. They're really, really young in spots that, I mean, as young as you can technically be in a Western Conference Finals, right? <laughs> Kaminga and and Moses Moody, uh, who hasn't really been playing, but had a really good game against us last time they played. Kaminga has been starting, uh, or he started, what, two or three games in a row, and then they threw Looney back in there because... Memphis was rolling out Steven Adams uh, for moments and they're just way different than they could have been. And then they they have been, I guess I should say. And it's just odd to think that those three guys are still there healthy, but everything else, including Wiggins for, you know, in KD spot is such a different brand of basketball. Uh, but I, I think about that Memphis series, cause it's so fresh on my mind of, of the last thing they gave us to look at. And Looney played outside of his mind in game six, but like I said, didn't start five or four. They decided Camingo was a better bet um, against Memphis in that. And let's be honest, like game four, they played with their food. Didn't trail until super late in that game. Game five, Memphis was up by 50 points at one point. Game six, Memphis had a seven-point lead right before half. Steven Adams falls over, gets hurt. They take Steven Adams off the floor. Golden State goes on an end-to-half run, takes the lead into half, and then they end up winning, winning, right? So what what I'm seeing in the data they gave us when they played us, which obviously won three of those four matchups, and, yeah, they weren't fully healthy, and then how they played, just quality of basketball – in that Memphis series for them, I wouldn't love it if I'm a Warriors fan. I'm not saying, like, they're done or they're toast or they can't just, like, click it on like they did in the Denver series uh, in the first round, but it just is not
0: super high-quality basketball. It didn't look as easy as it maybe. Not that Memphis is saying this sounds disrespectful to the Grizzlies, but, like, it didn't look as easy as it should have been, especially given that Jaw was out. Yeah, with now, Jaw Memphis out. was great without Jaw this year, but still regular season is different than the playoffs. 100%. But it is different, too, because Memphis kind of like they play this such such a high pace, so much back and forth, mm-hmm. like transition basketball, um, you know, and, and they were playing a different way, too. I think moving forward for the Grizzlies is going to be really interesting giving all these minutes to Steven Adams in the regular season for him to basically become a DNP in the playoffs, like immediately, um, even as the two seed against the seven seed. You're already benching your starting big men. It's kind of like, man, I mean, we we saw firsthand the collapse of Rudy Mm -hmm. Gobert and Deandre Ayton just in in those series and Adams was another one. And you know, so they were having to play kind of a different way already. That's before jaw went out, but still, um, you know, the Mavs play a much more like much more under control, Mm -hmm. much more contained kind of basketball game. And so we have this push and pull stylistically where like, it feels like Memphis is okay playing in that warrior's real, just chaotic nature of the game, high turnovers, a lot of transition. So it feels like they're not going to to break them, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like if you both agree to like,
1: yeah, let's run a hundred meter dash, you're not going to beat the Warriors at their
0: game necessarily. Especially four times in seven. Yeah,
1: you're not going to outpoint them. Like it's just not going to happen. So what you were alluding to, I am super interested to see (laughs) everybody grabbing the controller back and forth, right? Because the Warriors do want to play really fast. They want to get over 20 fast break points. I think they were averaging like 23 or something like that in the playoffs. Mavs, there's no hiding
0: what we do. We're going to play half court, and we're going to let Luca cut your throat. Yeah, I mean, this is this times. is like the Eric Coriel offense against like, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. Like yeah, We're witnessing extreme ends of the spectrum on yeah. offense. Well, and they, they
1: turn the ball over a lot, which is, you know, I assume it's, I always wonder if like this is something that's talked about on the board in the locker room prior to a game in preseason, as we're telling the team we want, this is, you know, I we always ask uh, George Galanopoulos, like, what do you want? Whenever we talk to him like once a year, like what does a winning team look like right now? Like you can't do it all, right? You can't like go down the grease board and say like, here's 10 things we need to do. Let's do all these 10 things. So what are the three pillars? You know what I mean? What are the three to four pillars? So I always wonder, Is don't turn the ball over, and I'm going to help you not turn the ball over by slowing the pace down. Is that something that's always on their mind, or is that just how this team plays within these lines, within within these minutes? And I think it's kind of – it's probably a cheap answer to say both, right? They're probably like, no live ball turnovers. And then Luka just plays in such a way where – He's queuing guys up for shots, and he just doesn't dribble into turnovers a lot. When he does, it's, like,
0: obvious and, like, shocking. Pretty much, you know, Luca like, to a fault, is only going to pass the ball to the open guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's hard to turn that over. Yeah. Now, he's bound to, you know, he touches it 100 times a game or whatever. Like, you're going to have four or five giveaways. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only one Luca on the Mavs. Yeah. The Warriors turn it over so often. You know, they, they do turn it over a lot, like mm. an extreme amount uh, for a you, team with such a good record. Do you think that's because they play so fast or because yeah, they they're trying so to fast. make passes that aren't a lot, of, a, lot of a lot of screens. So, you know, like almost 6,000 off-ball screens. That's uh. a lot of chances to get called for a moving pick. Yeah. Uh, but then also, you know, there's one Luka making zany passes for the Mavs. But then you got Steph and Draymond and mm-hmm. Jordan Poole and even like Bielitsa's trying these cross-court passes. Like, you know, the Mavs pretty much outside of luca are only ever going to give it to the guy that's one pass away yeah the warriors are like bored by passing to the guy that's Mm -hmm. one pass away they're trying to sling it like 50 feet and so you do have the chance to turn it over a lot and in that phoenix series phoenix turned it over more than 15 percent of the time in four of those games the Mavs went three and one in those games it was games two three four and six the warriors for the playoffs turn it over at 15.8% of their possessions. So they average what Phoenix was doing whenever Phoenix was really struggling. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Mavs, you have to take advantage of those turnovers because the Warriors yep. will, they'll get sloppy with it. But you kind of have to, it's like part of the artist, artistic expression, right? Yeah. Like you can't discover something new if you don't make mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like the Warriors are sloppy. It's just that they just do so much wild stuff that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's play, play fast and break things, right? Like I think that's, they they calculate that in that if I whiz the ball around like as fast as I possibly can and make like the crazy pass, that more often than not, it's going to result in a three pointer, wide open three pointer from a very good shooter. And if it's a turnover that I have to, you know, give you this pawn piece in the front of the chessboard, then oh, Mike, that's using okay. chess terms, dude, I'm yeah. so excited! Yeah, I had to think about what you call the little ones that you just giveaway but
0: you don't know that pawns are the key to win man pawn structure okay
1: uh yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna you know dunk one off the board like so be it i will i like my open three pointers
0: can i take this a step further mike chess or yeah in chess so oftentimes in chess openings sometimes you can just chuck a pawn sometimes you can Mm -hmm. sacrifice a pawn for rapid development right so like Instead of protecting this pawn, I'm just going to get my bishop to a more favorable square, or I'm going to put my knight in position, or I'm going to get my queen out. Like Sometimes you purposely will sacrifice some small stuff to achieve a greater goal, and the Warriors will do that, man. They'll throw a pass into the 19th row, but the next time down the floor, they're going to get you. Steph and Jordan Poole are going to link arms like they're doing the, the hoedown, and they're going to spin around in circles, and one of them is going to be wide open. Like Your, your mind is bending By just watching them on TV, let alone your lungs burning from having to chase them around. So there will be mistakes on the way, but that's what they do, man. They're going to be on cruise control the entire series. One of the fastest teams in the NBA. Uh,
1: Cut this sub segment and label it chess, please. Chop Uh, for the YouTube. Um, Yeah, that's the thing. I I am kind of worried about just turning this into a seven game Peloton class, which is what the Warriors want it to be. Which is just, we are going to move nonstop. We are going to offensively, we're going to set a million screens. We're going to run side to side, corner to corner. And, you know, I think most of our guys can do that. I think the key is obviously keeping Luka out of those situations. You know, maybe you throw him on Draymond and you say, you know, he can deal with that. He can deal with Draymond's pace, but can, and I think this is why it's so. Imposing your will defensively and getting into the things you want to get into, which just sounds so easy, but then you get into a game and you watch it and, like, guys are so tired that they're just worried about jogging back correctly. You know what I mean? And Reggie's not pressing for 90 feet on Steph. And then Steph gets the ball and he's got a head of steam and you're overcorrecting and now oh, open three happens. Like, it just seems, it seems like <laughs> when you're fully in control of your faculties and, you know, sitting on a couch somewhere watching a game, you're like, oh, how did they let him get that open look? And it's like, dude, he's been chasing Steph Curry around for 30 minutes. Like if he had a mental lapse and forgot to like check him on the inbound play and it didn't, you know, chug him for 90 feet. Like
0: it happens. It just happens. Yeah. That's what the Warriors are betting on. This season, Steph, ran around 17.6 off-ball screens per game. So that's not even the ones where he has the ball in his hands. Yeah. That's whenever he doesn't have the ball. Fifth yeah. most in the NBA, behind DeMar DeRozan, Darius Garland, Bradley Beal, and his teammate, Clay Thompson, yep. who came around 20.5 off-ball screens per game. Yep. So we're talking two guys, and that's not to mention Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, those guys will screen for each other. So like, not only are you chasing Steph, but also now Steph is going to set a screen for Clay Thompson. Yeah. And now you got to talk with your guy because if you leave either of those guys open, it's three automatic points. Right. The one good thing or the one potential good thing is Kevon Looney mm-hmm. set more than eleven hundred off ball screens this season. Mm-hmm. And uh 27% of those screens led directly to a shot. Mm. So I'm not sure, you know, you want uh you want big old Kavon Looney being a lead blocker out there for Steph or Clay. So you know, if you're the Mavs and you can play him off the floor, that would be great, right? Because that's less big body guys. Just like Dwight sets monster screens for Luca, Looney setting monster screens for Clay and Steph. However, if you play Looney off the floor, it means that you're playing Draymond into the five, and I'm not sure you want to do that much either. So it's kind of like the push and pull between you know. <laughs> just wouldn't Looney... be successful enough to yeah. keep him on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a fine line because you know when the Warriors go to this small turbo ball, it's like Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond, there's way less off-ball screening. There's still a lot of cutting. All three guys are just flying around, and Draymond's got the ball, and then Wiggins is going to post up every fifth pos- possession randomly for some reason. Um, <laughs> but it's just complete and utter chaos, and it's very tough for Luka and Jalen in particular to defend. But when Looney's out there, uh, you know, you got two non-shooters on the floor, mm. Looney and Draymond, but Looney's gonna set just jumbo screens for the shooters and Draymond is gonna be able to find the open guy. So it's two very different distinct modes <laughs> of playing. I'm not sure which one is more favorable to the Mavs, but that is at least one element of the Warriors offense that will be a little different depending on who's on the floor. Yeah, I wanna
1: ask some personnel questions. Okay. Because I, lo- I have some ideas kicking around, but uh, I need to, you know, uh, test my hypothesis
0: on a few of these. Well, there's no better test audience than me, Mike. If I were... You can drop in the comments below. Do you think Mike is an idiot? Do you think we're dumb in particular, or just Mike? No or need to be that mean. Just normal comments are fine. Okay. Uh, you know, about plane ships,
1: and then some uh, grown man that's never seen Jurassic Park. Okay,
0: I, who could that be? Oh, I don't know who that would be. I, I, we'll I don't stick know. stick to
1: that, <laughs> if we can. Um, you got any Land four Time I'm, fans? If I'm the Warriors, if I'm Steve Kerr, or, you know, Mike Brown... Uh, and I'm looking at, okay, these are the cards that are in front of me, right? This is what's on the board. This is what I can play with. Um, Dark Magician, Summon Yeah, skull. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm starting Looney. Like, they know better than me, obviously. I'm not, you know, basketball player, man, coach. Uh, I think Looney's going to get... He's going to be sacrificed to the basketball gods if they start him. Like... Dwight's either going to put him in a figure-four leg lock for the minutes that Dwight plays, or they're going to ask Looney to ISO on Luka quite a bit. I know Wiggins chased him around in the last time we played a regular season games with, game with him, but that didn't go very well. That game got out of hand in the first quarter, and they never recovered, right? So you can't let that happen. So maybe Wiggins starts on him, and then they're like, okay, Switch the action, let Kavon Looney one on one with Luca. And you're I think you're asking you, for it, dude. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, do you just start Kaminga and just buy or even start Jordan Poole and say, like, Bring on the fire, like, let's go. You think you can play seven games with us and drop 135 and run this much? Like, let's go. Let's crank it up. You wanna crank it up?
0: Like, let's I think the instant that the Mavs. I think they're going to start Looney. Mm-hmm. I think the instant that the Mavs win a game, they're going to change it up because That's, that shows panic, though. Like it, it does. But I mean, I think like,
1: like the beat only them to reason the
0: I, I think the well, not the only reason, because basketball, a million things could happen. But if the Mavs are able to win Game One, say, mm-hmm. and they start Looney, I think that would be because the Warriors have no defensive answers for Luca and they're, ha- they're having to resort to blitzes, and then everybody else just gets hot, and it just gets completely out of control. Mm-hmm. Starting Kuminga could at least salvage it, so I think that would be the next move. And then I think they the, the last ditch, if maybe it's like, let's say it's 3-0 Mavs or 3-1 Mavs, then I think they bust out the turbo ball to start the game. But if you do that, if you have Poole, Steph, and Clay, I mean, Clay is in his... Past life has been an incredible defender. This season, not as much, just because of all the injuries and everything. I think you know, not that he's cooked, but it's, it's just different. If you have Steph and Pool on the floor, in particular, you don't want Draymond on Luca. So then your your next best bets are Clay and Wiggins, and I think Luca, you know, can obviously score on those guys too. That's too many targets, too many targets yeah. for Luca and Jalen. And so I think you have to have some sort of semblance of size, length, toughness out there. Looney has the size and the toughness. You know, Kaminga is like a world-class athlete, even though I'm not sure he has, like, maybe the technique to stop Luka for 48
1: minutes. He's also, like, three years old. Yeah, he's gonna gonna do He's going to do some dumb stuff.
0: Yeah, he's super young. And Moses Moody, same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. really, really intriguing defensive prospect, obviously an incredible body type. And, um, you know, both of those guys have had their moments. Uh, Kaminga was playing, like, huge minutes for them earlier in this playoff run. But I I don't know. I mean, at least it's it's fewer guys that Luka can point at and say, yeah, you come here, you know. And that's, that's something, but, you know, and this is going to sound silly because Kuminga had two huge offensive games against the Mavs this season, but you can at least quote unquote kind of sort of ignore him on offense. Mm -hmm. Almost the way you do Draymond, you just, you can sag off him and make him make threes. And if he is, then all right, cool. Like maybe we'll guard you. But um, in what figures to be a pretty high scoring series, I, don't, I just don't know how many minutes the Warriors can get by playing two non-shooters. I think they can only have one non-shooter on the floor at a time, and Draymond you know, will have a 5-3 game in this series. It's inevitable. Jay Crowder did it. You know Draymond's going to do it. But over the course of seven games, Draymond is not much of a shooter either. Um, yep. And so I, I don't know what the Warriors can do. I mean, I think you they're making, of... like you said, I think they're going to try and win these games 130 to 125.
1: Yeah. I mean, what you're describing are a bunch of decisions in which neither choice... It's great. It's
0: all bad, dude. And that's... If if the other guys are making shots. Yeah. But if Dorian and Reggie and Maxie and, you know, Spencer, if none of the... We know Jalen is going to get buckets. Like, mm-hmm. he's proven by now. Jalen's not afraid of anybody. But if these other guys are struggling, then they can yeah. just blitz Luka. They can trap him all day, every day, and it's going to suck. It's going to yeah. suck to watch.
1: Yeah, It's it's different than, like, we can say, okay, trap Steph Curry once he gets across... Half court. Reggie's gonna have him every foot of the court until he gets close to the three point line. And then you trap Steph Curry with whoever is not on Draymond. <laughs> Basically, whoever's not on Draymond or Clay, come to help, right? Trap Steph Curry. That's that's kind of our game plan. And it sounds that simple, which it can be. It's not the same whenever they say trap Luca, because Luca is a good six inches taller. And can make the pass that would take two passes for the Warriors to make, and then you even recovered. against a double team. Yeah, and it's just he's tra- Luca is trap proof. We will create; he'll create a four on three situation two seconds, and you're there, and you're playing four on three on the opposite side of the court. No other player really can do that, right? Like I've seen Donovan Mitchell do it a couple times whenever he gets you know, someone's stepping on his neck and they're about to lose a game and, like, he does the right thing for, like, this whole entire position and it looks so cool and it's so fun. Steph, last time we played them, and yeah, granted, it's not the same team, right? They had guys out and things like that. He didn't score. I don't even know if he took a shot in the fourth quarter whenever we started trapping him. Uh And, you know, maybe he just splits that super quickly or makes a decision and says, you know, I'm going this way, that way. He's not a jump up or create space and create a passing lane kind of guy. And I don't know if they have that guy that's going to be a ball handler. So I think trapping can be super effective. Um, Whereas whenever you say trap Luca is a bad thing, it's, it's that simple. To me, so much of the series is going to come down to getting the ball out of the hands of the guy that you're pressuring, you're forcing into getting off the ball. For them... Steph has to make the decision super quickly and either have an outlet or just throw to the guy where the trap came from and just pray that the ball finds the right guy. For us,
0: it's not that thought process. It's Luka is going to find the right guy. To your point, Mike, take a guess. How many times do you think Luka has been blitzed so far in the playoffs? Through the first – now he played three games against Mm -hmm. Utah – and then seven against Phoenix. So in ten, in 10 games, how many times do you think he was he was blitzed? I don't think it happened that often, honestly. I bet it was – I don't know. I might be way off on numbers, but I'm going to say it's like 20. It was 21 times. Wow. That's it. Okay. Which is shockingly low because – Cut
1: this sub-segment to me guessing
0: stuff right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, delete this, Chopper. Because in the regular season – Luca was blitzed 328 times, which led the league. Uh, Trey Young was next at 299. Only one other guy was blitzed more than 200 times this season. So it's Luca and Trey, and that's it. Yeah. Um, now, partially, this shows maybe a lack of uh, respect or whatever in his teammates, um, but also it shows how much teams fear Luca and how unguardable he is one v one. And <laughs> in those 328 picks. The Mavs scored 1.067 points per chance, which is godly against a double team. And in those possessions, their expected effective field goal percentage was almost 56%, which means they were getting open layups or dunks yeah. or threes yeah. every single time, mm-hmm. practically. and And hardly any turnovers ever. You know, teams tried in the regular season and failed. I don't think that the Warriors have the personnel to do what – no other team could do Mm -hmm. and in fact if you watch the film room on our youtube channel uh you'll see that the warriors did try and blitz luca a couple times in the regular season and ended it very 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 badly yeah so i think your best bet is to switch and pray i mean you have to probably shade luca to his right hand force him left and hope that he settles for a bunch of step backs and misses because that's, that's it. That's the only way right now that you can slow him down. And the same could be said for Spencer Denwitty, by the way. I mean, we saw in Phoenix, especially, dude, they were backing way off him mm-hmm. and daring him to take threes. And in games six and seven, he just went nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> he went nuclear, and uh, I mean, he scored 30 points in game seven, dude. Second yeah. sub ever to score 30 in a game seven because they were just like. Shoot threes. We'll let you shoot threes. Uh, Spen- Almost Spencer's half the mass field goal percentage of this playoffs have
1: been threes. Spencer's so weird in that it like it doesn't matter what you do to him. <laughs> like he's either gonna make these shots or he's not gonna make these shots, and it doesn't matter if you're in his face. He's Jason you, Terry, dude. If you switched, if you you know played the defense correctly, like if Spencer is on his game and elevating and shooting like exactly how he's supposed to and has confidence about him like there's it doesn't really matter what you're doing as a defense, and that's gotta be so scary but also so frustrating for us because it's like the process can you know you can run the trap, run the whole thing, run the whole series, and he can get the right shot, and sometimes he just doesn't hit him and you have games you know one through uh five where it's like, man, if we got something out of Spencer, it'd be really, really cool um and then you know he shows up and he makes an appearance in game six and seven and largely a reason why we're in the Western
0: Conference Finals. And those shots become way easier if you're double-teaming Luca, mm-hmm. Because Luca, you know, Luca's going to go to the basket if you let him go one-on-one. Yeah. If you double-team him, his butt's staying out by midcourt. Yeah. Like He's yeah. like, oh, I don't have to try on this possession. Yeah, like, yeah, great, yeah. here, I'll just give up the ball. Yeah. And then it's four-on-three in acres of space. I mean, yeah. the Mavs spaced the floor super-duper well, even when they got Dwight out there. Yeah. Um, and so, Spencer, you know, you don't have the luxury... In that situation to back way off Spencer and say, Yeah, shoot it, I dare you. Yeah. You're scrambling. You know, he's got a step on you. Yeah. And This is a layup line.
1: That those little like subtle Okay, the trap is coming. I'm gonna take one or two escape dribbles, either backwards or wider towards the sideline. And I already know where I'm going with the ball, but I really wanna drag this man out or make him like run sprint the opposite direction in which he's going to need to recover to that stuff is so stinking smart it's I mean it is playing with fire because if you have that ball live ball turnover it's a two on zero immediately right and you can (laughs) almost let the guy shoot the three and get the rebound on the other end but it's so stinking smart just like him talking about like whenever he's getting into his dribble package on the outside. Like, he's looking at the lane and counting. (laughs) Just when there's a big need to exit the lane so I can get in there. But those one or two... Like, he he drives me crazy. He he used to drive me crazy. Because the trap would come. And I'm like, okay, split it or get off the ball right now. And he would hold on to it. One, two, three. Take a couple more dribbles. And it's almost like getting you all the way into the spider's web. And then the ball's flying around and there's a four on three and okay, Reggie's got a wide open three now. Yep. Okay. And he's just really smart with that. And you might not, you might think he's just being lazy or he's processing slow. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's, that's not a thing that happens. If he's in a position where it looks like he's, you know, dangling off the bridge and he's got one finger still hanging on. Like he meant to do that. He meant to be there. He meant to be jumping out of bounds, <laughs> whizzing the ball all the way across the court. like, that's how he had it in his mind. Like, that's the play he wanted to make. Um, but to, I guess to summarize what we were talking about with, I guess, the Looney versus Kaminga thing, I, they probably will start Looney. And I think they're going to, they're just going <laughs> to let fate decide, basically. Like, okay, if we run, you know, if we get the all on ball screen and Looney's keyed up on Luca, okay, Dude. go for it. And I think that's going to be most players that might be like, you know, you could might be able to do that on Harden because you just or not even Harden. Harden's a bad example in his prime because he would still get to the free throw line, but luka's going to get in the paint and get the fouls. And also if the step back is falling, like the game is over, you're down by 15 and you're running uphill. And so
0: if I'm them, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing defensively fundamentally you cannot do what Phoenix did because Phoenix had Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, you know, Chris Paul at this point in his career obviously is not the defender he used to be, but he's still feisty Biombo, eight and very athletic. Phoenix just played Luca one V one the entire series. And we're like, if you beat us, that's cool. And Luca did. Yeah. He did very soundly. Golden state does not have enough guys to put up a resistance like Phoenix could. And so if you play Luca one-on-one, the goal is to wear him out. Now, Golden State, to be fair, will we- try and wear him out on defense, and it will probably work. You have to run a lot to play mm-hmm. against the Warriors, but you know, Luca had to fight tooth and nail for anything against Bridges, even though he got his. Mm-hmm. You know, no disrespect to the Warriors, he's not going to have to work that hard if no. they if they single cover him. So I think you do have to you do have to mix in some pressure, but well, I just going to. I think fundamentally, you have to you have to ask the question like, you know. How do we design a defense that will not lose to the other guys? Mm-hmm. I think you just have to assume Luke is going to score 40, and you're just like, okay, how do we best slow down Jalen Brunson? How can we limit Spencer Dinwiddie? And if that, if that means letting Luka score 120, then that's fine. Like, I, I, I don't think you can design a defense with stopping Luka in mind anymore. I think he's, he's past that now. Yeah,
1: I think that was the calculus and the bet they made against Memphis is Ja can go up for 40 – That's fine. And, you know, maybe it wouldn't have worked in the long run through six, seven games, but it worked, right? He got hurt. But also Jaws, not the distributor or the foul collector that Luka is. So it's easy to go and talk for four to five. Memphis is not the shooting either that Dallas does. And to talk for four days. I mean, we're the best three-point shooting team in the playoffs. We take the most and we're making the most. It's easy to talk for four days about, okay, this situation, let's run it. Here you go, one-on-one. Kavon, you're going to have to stay in the sky. You got to stay in Just don't let him in the paint. Don't let him get a layup. And then it happens. And it happens again. And then the third time happens and Luka gets the shot he wants and the foul. And then it happens one more time. And he gets the foul. And then the rest of the team's going like, I feel helpless if I just sit here and like, watch this happen. Like I'm going to trap this next time. Next time he gets the ball in post, like against come Looney or Kaminga or Wiggins, like I'm going to, I'm going to come and trap. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to help out. I think I can get the ball. I think I can get there quick enough. And then the whole system has failed. That is, that is critical mass failure. Cause then the ball starts flying around, right? And it's going side to side. And then it pops up to the top and Maxi's there waiting and,
0: and Suddenly, a team that doesn't move the ball very well is moving the ball yeah. very well. Yeah, very And well. that's that's the thing that's
1: I, it, it, there's very few things in a basketball game that I watch that I'm like even surprise me or like just aren't things I've seen before. But like this, the intelligence of the team to when the ball is flying around to almost like run that zone buster, like two guys on the wing type play where it's, they're so close to each other, but the guy is closed out so much. Slinging it back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it's, it's just like this. is just going like this, like yeah. from me to you pass. Dorian and Reggie just do that yeah. all the time. <laughs> it's so frustrating. It just It's just a completely different angle. And it's almost like, you know, that spot that isn't a spot in around the world, like someone's standing there, and yeah. they just, like, pass back and forth. Yeah. And they just drive one guy crazy. Like, that's something – I don't know. I guess no one's really thought about basketball or used up the offensive space in that way in a long time. Maybe the Warriors have done it or something. I don't know. But – just having stationary guys that get the outlet and you're like, cool, now I'm in scramble mode. I got to close out on this one guy and go get him in the ball. And Dorian's just like the softest little jump, dump off past to Reggie. And it's almost like they're like reloading the exact same spot. <laughs> and you're just jumping out and diving at him. But it's awesome. It's that's like the coolest play. Whenever I see that, I'm like, that was intentional. Like and it, it all
0: stems from the desperation involved with trying to slow down some six 6'7", kind of heavyweight dude from Slovenia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, you know what he's going to do and you still can't stop it. Yeah, that's speaking, of, speaking of chess, Mike, speaking yeah, of chess, uh-oh. okay. there's a famous quote by a former chess world champion, Mikhail Tal, mm-hmm. who's from Latvia, by the way, the magician my, my, from Riga. In my top five, yeah. The magician from Riga is, is yeah. what he's known as. He's in my top um, five. He once wrote, you must take your opponent into a deep, dark forest where two plus two equals five, and the path leading out is only wide enough for one. And they mm. used to say that. we Well, they didn't say that specifically. But we used to feel that way about only the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Only the Warriors could break your brain. And really, like, so watching them play was like watching a different sport altogether. And yep. it was just for five years, they were the kings and no one could even touch them. The Rockets came close one time. Otherwise, no one was even near them. But now, like, we got a guy that makes you think the same exactly. Yeah. Like, I Luka they, they, is going to systematically pick you apart, make you question what is real and what is not. And he is going to, you know, he's going to make you bench your all-star big man. Uh, he's going to make you reconsider building around your defensive player of the year, runner-up, and think, like, is he that good actually? Um, he is going to take your superstar's trash talk to finish the place ahead of him in MVP voting. And uh, next two games, your superstar is going to shoot, like, 25% from the floor. Like, Luca has an effect on people, man. And mm-hmm. it, is, it is wild to see just how much pressure he is putting on everybody at all times, no matter where he is on the floor.
1: He, he makes you see ghosts. He, he is Baba Yaga, right? He's the boogeyman at this point. Like, that's him. <laughs> like, he does that stuff. And it's, it's super interesting that we're playing the Warriors because they are the team that taught everybody how to do this kind of basketball, right? Not the Luka iso ball distribution by one guy. That was kind of, this is kind of like hardened
0: Warriors blend that we're doing. Um, this is the Cavs, dude. Yeah. The Mavs are basically the 2016 Cavs. Yeah. it's J- JB is Kyrie and, you know, uh, I think a little more socially aware, but maybe less basketball <laughs> talented. But yeah. Le- I mean, LeBron is Luka and they got a bunch of shooters, dude. I mean, that's, yeah. this is the 2016 Cavs.
1: The Warriors redefined what, High level quality basketball was. And now they're all, you know, (laughs) third, fourth Disney movie into their career where it's like they're not quite what it was. You know, Steph will have a nice 36% from three for a whole series, and Clay might not be a factor until game six. And I think Draymond's still probably at his peak because it's just a different kind of peak right he's one of the smartest players
0: of all time yeah yeah 100 percent. i mean
1: one of the best defenders clearly best distributors dude can still run a fast break like you can say whatever you want about his you know backpack shot where it looks like he's you know got a weight vest on and he like has weird form and doesn't make a lot of them and but when he Speaking gets the of ball, Disney
0: movies, Mike, I think there is going to be a new Ninja Turtles. So hell yeah, got the turtle shell. Can't get jump it up. Shot. Secret of the
1: Ooze still, still number one for Never me. Never seen that one either. Um, I hate you. Uh, yeah, but Draymond's still super intelligent about okay, live ball turnover or long rebound. Like he's going, he he gets it, and he knows that if he just pushes it and gets the ball in the paint, like even if I don't get this bucket, like I need to speed it up so these guys can get open threes. The thing that you mentioned earlier, him and Looney on the court at the same time, if you're telling me that's going to be, you know, the most, I guess, first half used lineup is, you know, their standard starters, not Kaminga in there, not Jordan Poole thrown into the lineup, into the starting lineup. Like, I'm going to tell Sean Sweeney I got two non-shooters on the court. Like, he's got, that, that playbook is, it's got chapters of how to defend a team that plays a traditional 4-5 almost, right? Maybe Draymond's not that, but he's not a shooter that I'm going to fear. And Kavon Looney is not that in any way, right? Not He doesn't even, not even the same uh, color code. Like, it's just a different, different brand. Like, it's a different Crayola box. So, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of fear of us playing well. I do worry about game one because Phoenix in game one, there was a lot of talk about like, we just weren't communicating our defenses. We had our system. Some guys were like half running it and half running other stuff. Um, and that can happen in a game one. It just can You get the Western Conference finals. It's different. You're worried about getting your shot. You're worried about, you know, a million different things of how to start this series correctly and you aren't just on it defensively
0: and staying to your yeah, rotations. I mean, it's, it's one thing to prep and another thing to actually see yes. it, right? And 100%. the Mads, they lost game one against Phoenix. They lost game one against Utah. Yep. They're seven and two after game two, mm-hmm. but they're one and three in games one and two. And yeah. so, you know, Sean Sweeney and J.K. are coaching their behinds off, but it has taken them a little bit to to get the game plan and really put it in practice. You know? Yeah,
1: and... You know, just some of the comments from the guys that are good defenders on the team, just like maybe we were stuck on the Utah series. We weren't talking. Guys on the court weren't talking. Guys on the bench weren't talking. Uh, Game one of Phoenix is what I'm referring to is whenever it just looked like, oh my God, we haven't seen, like (laughs) they're running stuff we haven't seen or something. You know what I mean? The communication just wasn't there. And so if that happens game one against the Warriors, same result's going to happen. Maybe that's a lesson learned. Maybe that's a character thing where it just takes you getting slapped right across the face, like John Henderson before a football game. Like, you just need someone to run up to you and just slap the crap out of you one time and go, okay, this is what happens if you don't. You know, you can not talk. You can just, like, kind of be lazy on the court. And
0: it's hard to talk when you're playing against the Warriors because yeah. you're running so much. You're already out of breath. So, like, yep. you need the bench to communicate. Yeah. You need the coaching staff. You need the players to call. So, that
1: kid mic'd up was so cool. Yeah. Like, him just losing his mind, like,
0: over here, laugh, love, love, love,
1: trap, no, 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 no go, back, go back, like, just nonstop, sounding like an auctioneer, like, along the sideline. <laughs> like, absolutely food, <laughs> sounding <laughs> like that guy. <laughs> and That's a joke for three people in the room, but it's fine, I don't care. Yo, I love donuts! <laughs>
0: uh, all right, Mike, the question that we always pose each other, mm-hmm. uh, in closing... Let's, do you want to start with the, the, the negative or the positive outcome first?
1: Uh, do the negative first, I guess. All right.
0: The Warriors win this series if blank.
1: Uh, oh, this is based
0: in reality, guys, okay? This is based yeah. in reality, this yeah. premise. Um, I'm kind of having a hard time
1: seeing how they win this series. I don't. Wanna, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't want to be overly optimistic guy. But, I mean, we've gone this far and haven't talked a ton about Jordan Poole. Who has emerged as the, he's gonna be the guy you know after this series, like that you didn't know before. Like he's gonna drive people crazy. So, what they have lost with He's Clay, their Jordan Clarkson, yeah. yeah, that way. What they have lost with you know, Clay not quite being Superman and Steph not quite being Superman, and uh, you know, the the trio, the championship trio not quite being at the peak of their powers, they gained it back, I think, with Jordan Poole coming into his own. Um, and they are a super deep team, too. I don't know if that's going to factor into it at all. Like, they just don't play Iguodala. They aren't really playing Bielitza Moses Moody's not really a factor in in most of these playoff series. But if they need to go to, you know, throw waves at you for any reason, they can. The games that the Mavs are going to lose, and I guess let's, let's start there. Let's start small. Maybe this will cover the rest of the bases. The games that the Mavs are gonna lose in this series, it's pretty obvious. It's Steph making seven to ten threes. It's Clay having a Game Six experience like you just had, and there's not a lot else. Like, I guess the ways in which they can score with Jordan Poole out there, but if you're not gonna play him enough minutes where he's gonna be a factor or drop, you know, twenty five a game. Like, I don't know who he defends. You put Steph Curry and Jordan Poole out there, like, Luka's going to go insane. So it's just every level of this chess match, I'm like, I feel pretty good about it. Like, we're kind of got an advantage across the board. So, I mean, the way that they're going to win games is not going to be a a cool headline on NBA.com or, you know, on the screen outside in the office. It's going to be a seven game. This is now... We're on a Peloton. We're going to just run people crazy, and our rotations are going to be forced to get bigger. And we're going to start playing Josh Green for, you know, more than a couple of minutes, and Frank's going to get out there. And, you know, I don't think we're going to do anything besides that, necessarily, off the bench. But I think I think the games they win are going to be 48-minute sprints. And... You know, I don't have a cool stat to point towards. They're just going to be games where you feel them. You feel their offense, where you go, oh, that's what good Warriors looks like. That's what the Steve Kerr offense looks like. That's what Steph is like whenever they're on top of their game, which I don't know if they can get to that. Like, I don't know if Luka lets them get to that, where they make it this 48-minute marathon of just nonstop running. So the more I think about it, the more I break it down, like I just, there's not a ton of ways for them to win enough games. Like what do you, what do you say?
0: Well, Mike, the Mavs are three and four so far in the playoffs, This small sample size, but three and four in the playoffs when the other team makes at least 10 threes in a game, um, which translates to pretty much when they don't shoot below 30% from three. Uh, Or 33% from three. So if the Warriors are making threes, it's going to be tough. I think the Warriors win the series if they get really hot from three. Um, If their small ball lineup with Draymond at the five is something that they go to a lot. And for some reason, like, Maxi can't be out there with it. If they're too fast for Maxi, which I don't think that they will be, but who knows? They might. It might be that you might need to play more... Finney at the five and Reggie at the four or Luke at the four, whatever. I mean, it's all nominal at that point. But if the Mavs can't keep Maxi on the floor, that is not great. Um and I yeah, I think if Poole pops off, I mean he scored he scored twenty plus points in six of their first eight playoff games and has been fourteen or fewer in the three games since. It's very small sample size, but I mean, whenever he's hitting shots, too, that's just putting maximum pressure on your defense. So if, if Jordan Poole is like Jordan Clarkson, then this is going to be really, really annoying, and I think that helps the Warriors win the series because they just have – you know, the Mavs have a lot of guys that can give you 10. The Warriors have three guys that can give you, like, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mavs have their three, two. We just saw it in game seven. But, you know, Steph and Clay have done it in the playoffs for a very long time. Spencer's been struggling. You know, Jalen – I think has proven that he can do it, and so I'm more confident to say that like Luka plus Jalen will be able to outscore Steph plus Klay, which is wild to say out loud (laughs) with any degree of confidence, but I think I'm there. Uh, So I'm with you that I I lean Mavs in the series for sure, but I could easily see, especially the games in Golden State, if the Mavs aren't ready for the pace of the game, then they could find themselves down 2-0 again. And, you know, the Warriors are a lot more experienced in these situations than Phoenix. And so if you go down 2 0, I don't think you're winning all three games at home. You know, the Warriors have won mm-hmm. a road game 25 straight series. They know how to win no matter where they are. And so I think the Mavs, the Mavs could lose this series flat out if they just don't win one of the first two games. Um, coming back from O2 is tough. So I think that that's, I don't know, maybe that's just like concern trolling at this point like yeah like uh, dumbass if they lose if they go down 0-2 it's gonna be tough (laughs) like I'm saying the obvious thing but you know it's it's very important that you win one of these two first games I think especially just to assert yourself dude like we're here we're here we're not afraid of you guys you know Mm -hmm. not that I think they should be afraid of Golden State they clearly weren't in the regular season but it's one thing to play them in the regular season and another thing to play them in the Western Conference Finals so that's that's that I guess Um, the Mavs win the series. If Mike, if blank, if they stay in
1: character, like if everyone plays to their paper, it's the game is so much easier whenever you have Luka Doncic on your team, like Dorian can just be Dorian. Reggie can just be Reggie Spencer. (laughs) If he gives you what he's, what he's got. Okay. If he doesn't okay as well, there are enough guys around Luka that can make up for that. Right. Like, everything just becomes an easier basketball game. You don't want it to force it. Like, I feel like Jalen at some points, well, it was, it was mainly foul trouble, I guess, in, in the early games against Phoenix, but also kind of felt like he was forcing stuff and wasn't quite ready for the defensive length he was meeting in the paint and things like that. And that, in theory, that shouldn't be an issue against Golden State. You know what I mean? Like, none, the moment is here now. Like, it, you, it can't be too big for you. There was a game seven. That that should have been too big for you. It wasn't by any stretch, right? It was a 30, 33 point uh a historic beatdown, dude. Yeah, it so that should have been too big for you if you were gonna crack. And to me, the Mavs win. They win every minute that Kavon Looney's probably on the court to me, whether it's Dwight or Dwight just turning things into a foot race. Uh, and getting downhill on Kavan Looney and then Luke by, you know, by proxy, Luca doing the same thing um, or him, you know, them sacrificing him to the basketball gods when he has to ISO on Luca. I just think there are so many ways for Matt, the Mavs to win this series. And for the golden state, I'm just like, man, unless I'm just reading their recent play incorrectly, which, You know, I'm not a moron. I watch a lot of this stuff. I can see what they did against Memphis and see what quality basketball they were playing. I just don't see very many ways for them to win this. Um, Granted, they are the veteran team. They have home court advantage, which you just still drives me a little crazy. Um, But, I mean, everything I'm looking at, all the indicators, (laughs) all all the gauges on the panel, are telling me like either slight advantage Mavs or warriors have no real answer. And so if everyone just plays exactly like themselves. You steal game one or two, preferably one. Cause I'd love for them to be panicking and start yanking people out of the starting lineup. Um, or just, you know, tinkering with rotations and things like that, which, and I think they're going to do at some point in this series. That's how you win it. You just be yourself. Which is the weird thing to say for a team that's playing on the road, but and also the lower seed, technically playing against three time champions, a core of three time champions, and what five straight finals. But like I said, legacies
0: and dynasties have to end at some point, and there's got to be someone to put them down. Yeah, if they don't become a, a sub 30% three point shooting team, then I think they're even if the Mavs lose the series, I think it's easily going to go six or seven. Like, Mm -hmm. if if they just play the way they've been playing, like you said. Like, when I was looking at Phoenix, and even at... I was pretty confident going into Utah, but Utah has Gobert, right? Which could be an equalizer. Mm -hmm. It it could also be, you know, kind of something that that makes it tough on off whatever. Relitigate the past. When I was looking at Phoenix, I was looking at them thinking, that team is impossible to break down. Mm -hmm. You know... Now, the Warriors, I think, had an even better defensive rating this season than the Suns, but I don't view them as an impossible, immovable object for the Mavs' offense to get around. Like, I think the Mavs can score. I feel very confident about that. I think the Mavs win the series if they just make enough shots, and then I think the Mavs have to defend very well. I mean, you cannot have but five or ten breakdowns a game, like – The game they played right after the All-Star break where they made this incredible comeback, 26 to one run on the fourth quarter. Uh, Dinwiddie hit the big dagger three at the end. There were so many breakdowns, just not talking or guys looking the wrong direction or just relaxing on the weak side of the floor, like just not engaged. You have to stay engaged constantly. It is mentally exhausting to play the Warriors. Not uh, to say nothing of the physical exhaustion and the toll it takes on you to run around screens all the time and, you know, avoid fouling and all that stuff like flying out at Steph. You know how easy it is to commit a foul on a three-point shooter whenever Steph's coming off two screens? Like, it's very tough. So you got to be engaged. But if you're just engaged and together on defense and you make enough shots on offense and super sports talk guy here reporting for duty but if the moment's just not too big for you, you know? But I think that very clearly, judging by their Instagrams after game (laughs) seven, Mike, the Mavs are pretty happy to adopt this sort of like, F you, you don't believe in us thing, Mm -hmm. us against the world. And it's really funny seeing Warriors fans doing that same thing on Twitter now. But, like, the Warriors the Ultimate Dynasty, the Mavs are, honestly, the ultimate underdog. And I don't even like that storyline. Under the radar, I like that. I love being an underdog. I think that's corny. Like, who cares, especially because you're not on the team. So, like, it shouldn't matter to you at all. Um, but it really is true. I, I don't think the Mavs are going to be afraid of the moment because I don't think they were afraid of the moment against Phoenix. Uh, I don't think any of the guys were afraid of the moment without Luca against Utah. You know, I don't think they were afraid of the moment last year against the Clippers. They 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 still lost, but they weren't afraid. You know, these guys have nothing to be afraid of. Uh, the Warriors used to strike fear in everyone's heart. They're still very good, and if they go up twenty points in the first half tonight, they're going to strike fear in my heart. But I don't think the Mavs are going to be afraid, and I think that's what matters more than anything. And so, if you just do what you do on offense, like you said and you talk, and you stay engaged on defense, and you just think about the basketball. Don't be thinking about what's at stake. Don't be thinking about what the Warriors did five years ago. Don't be thinking about what they did seven years ago, or three years ago, or any other time they were in the finals. Just think about today, and think about the next play. Then um, I think you're going to be OK. They've kind of already that's a, that's been. That's a lot to ask for. Yeah. No, it is a tall order. Like, it's simple statements,
1: very hard to play out, right? But it's. They've already kind of been through a whole season of drama in the, the, what, 13 games we've played, right? Mm -hmm. You've been through the, okay, Superman's not going to be here. How are you going to survive? You've been through the, okay, you're playing the best team in basketball, and they're also getting every call, and they're making fun of you post-game, and you've already been through the Game 7 experience You've already been through the underdog experience in a series. You've kind of lived it. All the almost all the things that could happen. You've been out down O two. You know? It, what's the worst that can happen? You get down O two against Golden State. Okay. Been here before. Yeah. You know? Seth Curry goes for like, you know, 35 or 40 or whatever. Okay. Booker did that to us. Yeah, remember that. Still won that series. Figured it out. But the adjustments we're going to make in this series defensively, I think are going to be like we did in the Phoenix series. We're going to figure it out. We're going to come get you. Like, it's just, it's a matter of time. If it happens game one, like, love it. Like, let's go. Let's win game one on the road and, and make these guys doubt themselves and start switching up lineups and asking each other, like, uh, should we bring Iguodala in instead of this guy? Like, can we, you know, do we need some veteran guys in here? Or, you know. Make them doubt themselves, but no matter what, you've kind of been through it. You've been galvanized already. So I'd be I'd be very worried if I was a Warriors fan, especially with, you know, you just played through a series where you got a big exhale after Jaw ja went out, and then you watched Dylan Brooks try to do his best Jaw for
0: a couple games, yeah. and you just kind of like laughed. You're like, okay. Um, and they have guys like you know, Steph and Clay and Draymond have been here before. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins has not been here before. Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga. These guys have not been here before. So it's not like the Warriors are the – this isn't the same Warriors. This isn't your yeah. daddy's Warriors team. Yeah. you know. So if anyone is going to be afraid or think, like, why is this happening to us? This isn't how this is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. It's going to be those guys, yeah. not the Mavs. So yeah. I think that makes it a little easier, too. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of guys that
1: can – are one or two moves away from questioning. Oh, what is this about? Like, why am I being benched? Like, why – Well, why won't you let me guard that guy? You know, you've got a lot of uh, (laughs) two steps away. I was thinking of the famous uh, Gordon Keith quote that everyone's born two beers away from happiness. You're two, you're this entire Warriors team, or most of the guys in this Warriors team, besides the big three, are two mistakes away from self doubt or team doubt. Kaminga out there and he messes up too many times. It's like, okay, does this guy need to be in the rotation? Wiggins likewise Jordan Poole likewise like I think the world of the guy I think he's gonna be you know it's like the Warriors are almost building for like the next phase while you know the house is still there it's like they're trying to renovate the house but it's like oh he's still got these three guys over here and like I just don't know if you can do that and get to an NBA Finals Um, not that our team construction is perfect or anything, but no, it is Mike, (laughs) we're at the right time. We're, we're peaking at the right time. Whereas, you know, I don't think they're playing their best basketball, um, right now. And that Memphis series, you can look at the stats, you can look at the game, you can look at the tape. It'll tell you that. So they're gettable. They're gettable. I'm not overly confident. I'm, I'm appropriately confident that we can play with them and win enough games to win a series does the sequencing of that happen so you win for the next seven or for the next six or four into the next
0: five like that's what we're about to find out you got to go get them man the only way to win the series is to play the games and the only way to play the games is to show up to the arena and the only way to show up to the arena is by winning two series and they already did that so you might as well just keep going you know but we'll see what happens the next two weeks are going to be fun I'm sure they're going to be Very nerve-wracking, torturous. I'm sure they're going to be exhilarating, and it's probably going to suck every now and then, too. I don't think the Mavs are going to sweep, so there will be at least one loss. I'll even guarantee that. I think the Mavs will lose one game, Mm, Mike. Uh, Maybe two. Maybe two. But I I feel good about them winning four. But we'll see. Mark that, because we will be back after the series one way or another. Maybe we'll look like doofuses. Maybe we'll look like genii. They might uh, just turn
1: it on. They might just have this giant switch in the locker room and draymond clay and steph go over there and just
0: raise it to on and i'm just like
1: oh okay i'm it's sorry It's very possible i'm sorry i didn't mean to pull on superman's cape
0: it's very possible but we'll see that's why they play the games that's why they play the games that's why we talk about the games
1: you're gonna make me work all the way through may
0: <laughs> don't waste my you time might as well go to the finals i gonna be working on memorial day all right i yeah. i need uh i need to be put that on the on
1: the grease board in the locker room yeah. before game one if you're gonna make me
0: work all the way through may Might as well go to the finals. Yeah, I need to be having fun while I'm doing it. If I'm in a bad mood on June 1st, I'm going to be pissed. All Mm -hmm. right? Um, Okay. One way to hear us continue to talk about these games, is to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or iTunes, wherever. You can also, if you're watching this on YouTube go down right below the screen toward the right a little bit, there's a big button that says subscribe. If you do that, you can become a subscriber to our YouTube channel, and you can get notified every time we come out with new stuff. You Such could as, win big bucks. Uh, you cannot do that. Oh, okay. You cannot do that, uh, but you can mm. become a subscriber for free. So it does not cost big bucks. That was Sridhar talking. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah, you get access. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, You can get access to uh, The Ceiling is the Roof. You can get access to numbers on the boards. You can, you can watch uh, Take That Witch Who with follow on Damaris. Uh, you can see all of our film rooms. You can see our Phantom Cam edits. You can see a, sounds from the baseline. You can see all this cool stuff we're doing did on YouTube. Did you,
1: not to interrupt your, your good pitch you're doing right now, oh, your thanks, good wind Mike. up. did you see kids' uh, comments after Game 7? Did you watch his whole press conference? Uh, I watched a lot of it, yeah. I don't think he said oh he yeah. didn't he didn't say the ceiling is the roof, but he did not say it
0: yeah right he I was think he watching the it. show i he I I think, was thinking it i think he's i think he's a a c a c one he <laughs> <laughs> he was he was thinking it whenever
1: he was like i don't like to put a cap on anything like why put a cap on stuff like that's dumb like i like to think of things that can you know be limitless and uh he, he yeah, he was he like, was, I don't think
0: there's a ceiling.
1: He was trying so hard not to say the ceiling is the roof. Yeah, he didn't want to out himself as
0: a fan of America's favorite podcast. Yeah, he
1: uh, he he thought the phrase and said, okay, no, let's turn left and yeah. dance around this because I don't want to, you know.
0: But be like Jay kid and listen to this podcast more. Listen to the rest of the stuff that we're doing. We're also streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks after every Mavs win and then also weekdays during the day throughout the rest of the season so it's gonna be a blast and then before you know it it's gonna be draft and free agency and oh my god basketball never stops it's great it's awesome um all right mike appreciate you man thank you for doing this you're welcome shout out Shridar. yeah thanks Shridar. hope you're having a great day um shout out non-plane
1: chips plain shout chips out, are fine. There's, shout uh, out tim cato southern gentleman
0: <laughs> i Old don't know gang. anything about shout that. shout out mavrello that's right shout out mavrello who's yeah. not me by the way Mavrello, I'm not Mavrello. Yeah. Um, all right, and thank is. you, Chopper, in the back. Appreciate you, man. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Hope you have a great one, and uh, let's eff and do this thing.